The Valley Virus Update with James Golding, keeping you informed throughout the crisis. Brought to you with the help of Binary Plus Training, where your first aid is our first priority. Find out more at www.binaryplustraining.co.uk. Good morning, and you're listening to the Valley Virus Update with me, James Golding, here on 104.7 Rossendale Radio. In a change to how we normally do this programme, we're going to be having a look back to previous interviews and chats that we've had and seeing what it was that people had to say. And we're going to start the ball rolling with Abdul and John. So I did read something on, I think it came out via Irwell Medical Practice um, earlier on this week regarding prescriptions. And if people need a prescription, you need them now to have a chemist that can be the nominated recipient chemist for that prescription. Am I correct? That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, this is something that's uh, been available for a long time. Uh, and some people have chosen to use this service uh, regularly or irregularly in the past where we electronically sign the prescriptions and they are electronically sent out to the chosen chemist. The patient chooses the chemist. And of course, that's another avenue of communication and service delivery, which is going to be utilized a lot more now because it addresses our need to isolate and not create footfall in these buildings. So if I electronically send out your prescriptions, you don't have to come into the practice to collect the prescription. I don't have to see you personally. Um, and instead, what you do, you can then contact your chemist over the phone and they can either deliver it to you or tell you, right, come down at a certain time and they, when it's safe for you to do so and there's not a crowd of people. And so it's just a better way of getting prescription to you. So still on this topic, I've noticed a couple of people um, querying it. Um, how does it work if um, you are wanting to collect a prescription for somebody else? Um, so let's say my next door neighbor is self-isolating, for example, and she can't go out of the house and she wants me to go and pick up her prescription. How, how do I do that when there isn't a, a physical prescription? The... Um well, uh, there isn't a, a physical pres prescription. Um, well, I mean, the um, the we may. I mean, it, I think everyone's going to need to, you know, think differently. We, we in terms of, you know, um, you know, people might need to start thinking about asking other people to pick things up for them, or to perhaps be the receiving address for their sick note. As long as we've got the um, or the receiving email address for their sick note, as long as we've got uh, the patient's uh, consent uh, to uh, for that, uh, then uh, that would be okay. Obviously, we're, we're, we're working in sort of times that are different from normal. So, so the way we would perhaps normally go about things is, is going to be a bit different. We're going to be just that little bit more flexible uh, about, you know, um, about certain rules that we would have enforced very uh, sort of strictly in the past. So if the fictional Mrs. Brown, um, who lives next door, I don't have a Mrs. Brown next door, but if I did have a lady called Mrs. Brown who lived next door and she asked me to go and collect her prescription from a pharmacy in Bacup, could I go into that pharmacy and just say, I'm here to pick up Mrs. Brown's prescription. She lives on this street. Is that the, the process that would be involved? You could do Mrs. Brown would, would just have to tell the tell the chemist that she get, gave you permission to do that. She could ring up and speak to them, you know, 
um, and and I'm sure that you know the chemists would be happy with that, and um, you know they would uh, accept her consent over the phone for that to happen. So essentially, everything's manageable. It's just a little bit of a, a change of routine and a change of doing way of doing it's things. Just a, it's just a different way of doing things, James. And and, and these are unprecedented times. Um, you know, in the you know just a week or two ago, you'd have thought about information governance and GDPR rules and so forth, and you know, uh, confidentiality and so on and such forth. However, we're having to relax rules. The government is giving us permission. Uh, society has given us permission to relax such rules because we have to help each other out here. That includes uh, people who are providing services. It includes people in the community. Uh, we're just going to have to relax rules and be considerate about these things. Um, so, yeah, that's what we are going to do, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, because... Because, James, we're all acting each in each other's best interests, you know. Um, and so, you know, if, if, you know, if you're connecting someone's prescription to help them out, then uh, you're not going to get in trouble, basically, you know. I think that's one thing that some people um, have just wanted that little bit of reassurance um, for. Yeah. Um, I did want to um, address some of the myths and the rubbish that's going around on social media. Um, I'm sure you're aware that the there's the one that's going around WhatsApp um, at the moment, which is that lady's voice recording saying she's translating from Spanish this thing that her brother's uncle's father's daughter's best friend's nephew told her um, about drinking hot liquids and drinking lemons will kill the virus as it uh, where do we stand on these messages that appear and how do we make sure that we know what we're listening to is true and whether it's false um i saw via the bbc earlier on that that audio message that's going around um although it has some good health advice like drink regularly <laughs> is generally just rubbish <laughs> i think i've <laughs> so I, I had a message um, on um, some social forum um, today, I think it was on Instagram, where uh, you can actually um, uh, contact a, some kind of a shaman out there somewhere and they give you talisman. And right. You have to pay a couple of hundred quid for one of them and that's supposed to it'll protect you from the COVID-19. So you can imagine what my thoughts were when I saw that. Um, you're going to have to, um, you know, be... I don't know, intelligent about what you come across, I suppose. It's sometimes difficult, I, I, I understand. So something like that, this talisman, I mean, come on. Um, how can that possibly uh, be true or work? I mean, there's certainly no evidence based for talisman getting rid of virus. If there were, my goodness, um, I'm sure the World Health Organization would have been jumping, jumping onto it a long time ago. Um, now, the, the issue about um, drinking warm water and lemon is probably slightly different, I guess. I can't, you know, I can't imagine you can claim it can cure virus, although, um, you know, drinking warm liquids when you have a sore throat or a viral infection, it's not a bad thing, is it? It soothes the throat, it lavages the throat. Um, it's not a bad thing at all. Um, similarly, having, you know, we, we do lemsit, don't we, uh, when we have a cold and a cough and a flu. Um, why? Because the lemon, it does uh, provide um, vitamin. Um, it, it provides a, a vital uh, vitamin, which is good. It helps boost one's immune system and you fare better in these situations with a bit of vitamin. It's not just lemons, oranges, fruit and so forth. All this is good. It's a general advice. Um, but um, some of this thing I think you'll have to take with a pinch of salt, I guess. And 
Um, besides that, you're going to have to, I don't know, read around, ask um, people of knowledge around you uh, to verify a guess and not just uh, believe every um, claim from witchcraft you, you come across. Abdul and John there with some great information. And now Ben Egg's going to give us some little tidbits of mental health advice. Well, the, the kind of the, the fact that we challenge the thought with is it takes less energy to plan than it does to panic. Less energy to plan than it does to panic. So don't panic. Let's get planning. What do we want to do? What's, the, what, what, what's that bucket list we're going to start ticking off when we get out of this other side? You know, at the minute, you know, what we're going to do tomorrow, is it going to be stripping the back bedroom? Is it going to be out in the garden, you know, pruning a bit? Let's have that plan. Let's not panic about uh, what's happening long term. Let's plan about tomorrow. Let's make the uh, menu plan for the week. You know, those are the plans we need to do. Let, let's make those really sensible plans of what am I going to wipe my bum on by Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper appears to be next thing to platinum around here. I'm yeah. not sure what people are doing with it all. I, there's a, a calculator I found on the internet that allows you to calculate how long your toilet roll supply is going to last. I don't understand. Uh, no, I, I can't see myself. That, that you see, that's another planning thing. You can plan with what you're going to do with those 300 empty toilet roll winners at the end of all this. So, yeah, plan, not panic is, is, is the first step. Think short term, not long term. Think about the things you can do to make today a better, a better day. Whether that's kind of embracing those five ways to well-being we, we talked about earlier. So you're taking notice, the learn, the connection, the exercises, giving back. Whether it's making plans around those, whether it's making those kind of um, almost fantasy plans, aren't they? Where we kind of say, you know, well. I'm going to meet up with the kids. I'm going to go and see my mum. I'm going to take, take me down to that, that pub he really enjoys having his tea at. I'm going to take the wife out. I'm going to, I'm going to actually uh, do that job that she's been asking me to do for a year and a half. Rather than saying, yes, dear, I'm doing it as you speak, you know. Making those plans. It could be making plans of which friends we want to meet up with face to face. It could be making those plans of who I'm going to email tomorrow, uh, which book I'm going to get down off the shelf and actually read. If I'm not going to read it, do I need it on the shelf? If I don't need it on the shelf, let's send it to charity. Let's make that pile, you know, make up, make up some bags for the charity shop for when this is all over and we can take them down there. You know, let's declutter a bit. Be active. You know, and whatever your level of activity is for you, that's it. Don't start running marathons around your house. You know, just maintain your activity. Um, and enjoy the gift of time. This is, you know, although this is a really difficult time that we're going through, you know, it's been best described to me as we're at war, we just can't see the enemy. Yeah. You know, it's a really... Uh, accurate description of, of, of what we're going through at the minute and people have talked about kind of blitz mentality and this that, and the other but I don't think it's like that but at this moment of uh, lockdown we, we've been given that gift of time haven't we um, so we might as well make the most of it 
you know, we, we do it over Christmas, don't we? We all, we all, you know, people have a fortnight off for Christmas or in the summer and think nothing of it. You know, we've all dreamt of having that month-long holiday from work or whatever. You know, and it's always been utterly inconceivable. But, you, but you're being gifted that right now for free. And uh, you, might as well, uh, you might as well enjoy it, really. So that's Ben with his tidbits of mental health advice. We're now going to have a look back with Charlotte as she talks about the effects that the outbreak has had on her business. From um, And do, do tell me if this is too personal, but from a business perspective, how are you managing? Because your income's pretty much going to have vanished, isn't it? Uh, literally, um, our income has stopped. Um, we have no income coming in at all. Um, and it's hit us really hard. Um, myself and also the other instructors um, that work with me, it's a very, very trying time. I'm very, very uncertain, um, to be honest, at the moment. The, the parents have been amazing that um, they've allowed us to take our classes online. Nobody has asked for a refund, which I do think is, is, is yep. pretty special. Um, where the things were that we did have to cancel because there was things coming up like we were doing an Easter party and things like that, which we know can't go ahead. Yeah. And so yeah. we've gone and said, right, well, we have to cancel. We're going to refund. And we've had parents coming back to us saying, oh, we don't want a refund. We're, we're, we know what's going on. So parents have been incredibly supportive. But in terms of finances um, at the moment, very, very uncertain. What we have committed to do is keep everything going out um, free of charge through our Facebook and online at the moment. Um, when our new term is scheduled to start, which would be after the Easter break, if we're still in a position where we can't go back to face-to-face, then we will be looking at running online classes um, where we'll make a small charge for people to, to join them if yeah. they wish. But, but we'll still continue to put out free content through our Facebook page and support each other as much as we can. Um, how many meals can you do with uh, 500 grams of minced beef? We can find out with a, in a tin of beans. That's what we're, we're, we're going to be doing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, a really difficult time, especially for um, anybody who's running a business that relies on actual face-to-face contact it is a, a, a really is. difficult and as, time especially small businesses like ours because we don't have business premises because we use various community locations we don't have paid staff because everybody is self-employed we're all yeah. we're all mums that, that work work with it together so we're all self-employed so we don't have any staff so in terms of current um help from the government there really isn't any that the, the only thing that we can try and do um, is claim universal credit, which, in the scheme of things, is is not that helpful. No, but we that means you're not entitled to the ten thousand pounds no. because you don't have no. small business rate relief. Yeah, it means you're not entitled don't. to the eighty percent of your salary mm-hmm. because you're not paid by PAYE. So mm-hmm. you're in that awful position that a lot yeah. of self-employed people up and down the valley will be in. Absolutely. So many freelancers, so many people in, this, in similar positions to ourselves. And again, with, um, as small businesses like this, we are supporting each other. We are talking to each other, um, you know, and, and trying to keep our morale lifted. We are hopeful and confident that the government is recognising this market of people um, that aren't being provided for um, with the measures they've put in place already. And we're hoping that something will get sorted in the not too distant future. Well, there was a mention of the self-employed in the Emergency Act that the Health Secretary went through on Monday in Parliament. But even reading that act, 
it just feels a little bit wishy-washy and it feels like, uh, yes, we're going to do something about them, but we'll pop that on the back burner for now because yeah. we, don't, we don't care enough about them. Mm, yeah, I think it's a tricky one because it's when, you, when you're sat when people looking at the, the self-employed people, everybody's at a different level of self-employment, you know, in terms of the number of hours they work, what they earn, things like that. So how do you compensate? How do you assist people? Um, when there's so many variances there, but they really do need to get a grip of it um, because we are a large contributor to this economy. Yeah. Um, and that needs to be recognised that we, we need to be supported, um, you know, through this crisis. Yeah, I've heard from a colleague who's uh, uh, quite high up in the Federation of Small Businesses that I know that that's something that they're pushing for with um, government at the moment. So mm-hmm. hopefully something's going to... Yeah come from that it wouldn't be the valley virus update if we didn't go through um the protocols of what to look out for and what to do and now i could tell you that but it's much better isn't it if we get dr emma gladwinfield to tell us that instead it seems like a, a good time to ask you to quickly go through the things that people need to watch out for, how they can go about mm-hmm. getting help. Anybody who listens to this every day, it's going to be getting bored of me saying it, but I'm not going to stop saying <laughs> it until it's all over. Um, mm-hmm. So if you could go through for us um, what to look out for and how to get help, that would be really useful. Okay, so the two big symptoms of coronavirus that have been talked and talked and talked about these are the two main ones is a temperature so a temperature of above 37.8 and some people don't have thermometers so how can they tell so temperatures people can feel very feverish hot they can also feel the opposite they can be shaking and that's called a rigor feeling extremely cold but if they touch themselves they're burning up just class that that you are having a temperature but if you have a thermometer it's a temperature of above 37.8 then also there's this new cough so it's a new cough and um, seems that coronavirus it's a, a dry tickly cough um, that's extremely annoying so these two features um, are typical of the virus now, but, they keep using the word continuous when they're talking about that yes. cough. what's a continuous cough That is such a good question. Well, what I have read is that a continuous cough is a cough that you have had repeatedly over four hours. So, you know, in the morning you wake up, you've got a bit of post-nasal drip, you're like, "Eh, eh, eh," cough, cough that up, it's gone within an hour. So if you feel that over four hours that you have been coughing repeatedly, that is a new onset continuous cough and you need to self-isolate. So would you be able to, to I was just going to say, will you be able to cover the self-isolation protocol? Yeah. How, how does that work? So if you live on your own, you just need to self-isolate for seven days. Okay, so that means you're staying in your house. You can go into your garden, but not if it's a communal garden. If you live with a family, the whole family needs to stay in self-isolation for 14 days. That's quite simple. But um, the GPs we spoke to last week, um, I tried to catch him out and it didn't work. Um, I asked him what happens if, say, my partner's got um, symptoms and 13 days into this house Mm self-isolation, I then develop symptoms. That extends my my self-isolation then, doesn't it? 
Yeah, so then you have to stay in for seven days from when you started with your symptoms. Just There are some um, really good sort of information leaflets on the gov.uk um, website and also on Healthy Rosendale. People have put up simple rules about self-isolation as a family. And also, you know, if you are unsure about it, you can always, um, you know, once you've read the guidelines, if you don't understand that it, it's that important, phone up your GP and we can just clarify um, with you, you know, what exactly it means for your family. Brilliant. I just think it's really important. We do that every day. We give a little bit of a mm. reminder and I just think Absolutely. it's really important. It wouldn't be the Valley Virus Update if we didn't go through um, the protocols of what to look out for and what to do. And now I could tell you that, but it's much better, isn't it, if we get Dr. Emma Gladwinfield to tell us that instead? I think the tact that the, the, uh, that the government is now taking to isolate, to self-isolate and protect those that are most vulnerable is a much better strategy than the herd immunity strategy. Uh, because... By exposing the population to the virus, we're putting at risk those individuals that are likely, are potentially likely to die from it. So what we want to do is ideally delay, 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 and as well as doing lots of testing, we want to delay so we can develop a vaccine, yeah? So we can develop a vaccine and, and, and vaccinate people and build up the early immunity that way. Now, there are a number of cases in the UK and across the world. I think there's about half, uh, just over half a million people worldwide that have got the, uh, that have, you know, a, 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 a known cases. Yeah. Um, so they will, have, they will have developed some immunity. Now, the other, the other issue around herd immunity is we don't really know, because we don't know this virus very well yet, we don't know how long that immunity might last. Uh, so, for example, it may only last for a few months, uh, and then when somebody gets exposed again, they may not, that, you know, the, the, the degree of protection they have may decline over time. Uh, so that, you know, when they encounter the virus again, they could have another bout of the disease. The example uh, I'd heard when people were talking in that regard is like the common cold. That's um, right, yeah. Which does change its, its way that it's made up, doesn't it? If I've understood it correctly. Um, yeah. So that next year, it's a bit of a different cold, even though it's the same virus. Am I understanding that correctly? That's right. There's, there's two things that are going on there. So this virus, just like all viruses, it replicates very, very quickly. And mutations will take place. So the virus will change. And already the, a lot of geneticists have been looking at the number of different uh, uh, forms of this virus so there, there is essentially just one virus but they, they, they have mutations within within their genome and there's already a number of different mutations already occurred uh, within cases so they've, what they've done they've, they've genotyped the, the, the virus from a number of individuals and has shown that there are some differences already developing within the, the virus uh, as it spreads but also uh, we, we produce antibodies to a virus, yeah, twenty virus, and that could be long-standing. So we could we could produce those antibodies for a number of years, or it could be quite short-lived, and it might only last for a, a number of months. So with this particular virus, we don't know how long those antibodies uh, will be uh, around for. Now, if we do get a second exposure, it will boost those immune uh, those antibodies. It will boost them higher. So but, uh, they don't, don't stay forever, that. do they not? Once you've been exposed to any old virus the antibodies that you create because i'm sure we were taught at school that once you've got antibodies that's it you've got them forever 
Uh, you can boost them to very high levels. So a number of diseases where we give, uh, where we vaccinate people, um, and uh, where, where somebody's been exposed to a disease, there will there will be very high levels of what's known as immunoglobulin G, high levels of this antibody present. But for this particular virus, because we don't know enough about it yet, we, we, we can't take that risk about how long that immunity is going to last for your first initial exposure. So you mentioned um, vaccines um, a little bit um, ago just then. Um, how do they work? Is that because um, the, people think that you're injecting people with an actual disease? Uh, how, how does vaccination actually work? Uh, well, there's three different strategies that people are approaching to this particular um, uh, this particular uh, disease, this COVID-19. Uh, the one that's sort of uh, sort of being hurried along at the moment is one that's based on genetics. So that they're basically taking a small uh, fragments of the uh, genome from the from the virus, and then uh, developing a vaccine based on that, so that our body recognises that that um, you know that. Uh, nucleic acid, our body recognises it and will respond to it. So that's one strategy, and that's one that's being sort of hurried along at the moment. But there's a, a, two other sort of strategies as well. You can actually use the whole virus. So if you use the whole virus, you've got to kill the virus before injecting it into the body, or you have to sort of somehow inactivate it so it does actually cause the disease. So what you will actually get there is the antibodies being produced, but no symptoms and no disease. Another uh, strategy as well is to take parts of the virus. So one, one strategy is, for example, to take the spike proteins that are present on the virus, those little spike proteins, and then develop a vaccine just using those. So that and then again, our body would recognize those spike proteins that are on the virus and then elicit immune response against the, uh, the disease. So there's different strategies you can use, uh, but we're obviously trying to race ahead with the quickest vaccine that we can produce. So do they work by trying to make your body produce these, um, this immune response that you would get from an exposure to the actual virus itself? Yeah, it's, it's essentially mimicking what you would get if you were infected, uh, but without actually having the disease itself. So you would, would essentially boost your, your antibodies against that disease. So that should you then encounter the real virus out in the community, uh, you're protected against it. Now to have a little bit more of a community slant, let's find out from Ken what Rosendale Leisure Trust are currently up to. So I did see something from one of your colleagues at the Leisure Trust, I forget which um, colleague it was, that there are uh, videos being put out by the Leisure Trust at the moment that are, are helping people. What sort of activities are being taken place with those? Um, so just in the last couple of days, we've got... Um, We've got things like Pilates classes and yoga classes that you can follow on, um, you know, and follow the direction that's online through online videos, particularly using Facebook and YouTube. Um, there's There are workouts for kind of your fitter, more active people, kind of challenging workouts. Can you do this many burpees in this many minutes and kind of challenges and activities to do? And then, and then a few things aimed at families, um, which have gone live today, and, and that will build in the coming days. Um, games to play indoors and in the garden um, different ways to do kind of sports and physical activities and, and ideas around how to do things like just dance on the Nintendo Wii or whatever it might be I'm um, just trying to give families ideas of things they can do because I think one of the biggest challenges when you're at home with young children in particular um, the day sudden, suddenly seems to feel really long potentially um, and to occupy all that time 
Um, I think it's just good for us to use use this great opportunity for us to connect online, to share ideas and to support one another. And to recognise that not all parents find it, you know, we've all got our different talents and abilities. Some are going to love this time at home with their children and have got hundreds of ideas of stuff to do. And others, it becomes maybe slightly less naturally and it's good for us to be able to sh- share and support each other and, and give ideas to each other and recognise that everyone's just doing their best. And bouncing slightly off that, my um, background is um, primary education. And I do have to say, parents, I've seen it all over Facebook. You've got these lovely, lovely timetables drawn up for your children. Please don't think that you're any less of a person if it fi- if you find out that three or four days in that beautiful color-coded timetable ends up thrown in the bin and you've gone on a, a different route altogether and you've found a way that is better for you that doesn't mean that you've you've failed um teaching's hard um and yeah do the best you can but don't feel like a failure um for it uh, jumping back to the YouTube and Facebook and things and videos and things, um, a lot of people are going to be of the opinion that they haven't got the right equipment at home to be able to do exercise along um, with these. Um, is there any guidance of like, this one can be done, you don't need anything in order to be able to do it, whereas this one you could do with that before people actually start watching these things? Yeah, so I think, um, well, certainly all of the Leisure Trust videos locally um, have been designed specifically for no equipment being needed. Um, So one of the videos we've done, I think one of the ladies at work has got two bottles of milk that she's using for weighted exercise, but there's ones that don't need anything at all. So we've been really conscious of that, that we've we've based what we're doing on, on the fact that people don't have any equipment at all. And I think things like Joe Wicks, for example, and a lot of these kind of celebrity exercise professionals online again the vast majority of them don't need any equipment at all just a bit of space in your front room a phone a laptop on your tv however that kind of works and you just follow along it's super easy it's really safe and you can start from zero and actually i think one of the great opportunities we've got with this next few weeks period is 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 if you don't have the opportunity or the time or necessarily the inclination to kind of be active and do exercise this is an opportunity for you to give that a go and to, and to start off and try and um, build up a little bit of physical activity and I think it's really important to say as well that being active in, in that physical sense and um, potentially getting out for a walk or a run it's really good for our mental health as well um, and mental health is going to be something that's really important for us to focus on things that are going to keep keep anxiety levels down um, and just to manage that emotional well-being individually and as families is going to be really important as well. Brilliant. Um, it feels like we've um, got to like the modern version of those horrific um, exercise VHS cassettes that uh, like your mum used to have the with, with ladies wearing far too much lycra um, and oh, Mr. Motivator and things like that. It just feels like we've, we've come full circle and starting to do... Um, realizing that we can exercise in our living room and not everything has to um, revolve around really expensive equipment and things like that. Now to have a little bit more of a community slant, let's find out from Ken what Rosendale Leisure Trust are currently up to. You're involved in um, another project um, to do specifically with the current crisis, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So um, 
I know I live in Haslinden um, and there is a Facebook group called Love Haslinden um, and I noticed a couple of weeks ago just before things started getting really hairy that people started posting on there either asking for help or asking how they can help or offering help and I thought you know what I, I think I might be able to try and bring these people together um, I've been really clear on the page and said I'm no expert I'm no expert when it comes to the virus, even the experts aren't the experts, are they really? Um, but what I am quite good at is um, getting things organised and I know quite a, a, a lot about the way some services work in Rosendale. So I set up the group, which is Hazlitt and the Helmshaw Mutual Aid group. Um, and it is just a place for people to come if they either need some help because they're self-isolating or they're in the shielding group or um, they, they're struggling for whatever reason, or for people to come and put their name down to be on a list of helpers so they can go out and help those that need a little bit of extra support in our community. So how's, how, how does it work? Uh, let's say I live in um, Haslingdon and I'm one of these people who's shielded um, and I've gone onto the supermarket website and it said no deliveries for the next three weeks, um, which is what most of them seem to be saying at the moment. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what can I do? Okay. So there's a couple of things that, that you can do. So outside of our group as well, there is the Rosendale connected, which is the hub. So, um, people can go and contact them either through the Facebook page, through the phone number, which I'm, I'm happy to share in a little while when I find it on my phone. Um, and they are acting a bit like a call center where they can, um, take people's worries or concerns answer the questions and they'll signpost them to the to the best support that is available for them in their area um, now rosendale's a small-ish borough um, but actually we're all very spread out aren't we so what might be of help to somebody in ronstall isn't necessarily going to be of help to somebody in whitworth so yeah. they're working really hard to find out what's going on in, in all of the little towns within our borough um, the agreement has been that if people need low-level support, so things like going picking up prescriptions, going doing shopping, um, maybe just some things like welfare calls and, and taking meals around, and you're in the Haslam and Helmshore area, then they will take your name and number and, and pass that on to me and I can arrange help. Um, if you don't want to go through Rosendale Connected and you're in Haslam and Helmshaw, then you're more than welcome to, to join our Facebook group. And you can either post on our main page asking for help um, or you can contact me through the messaging service um, if you don't want, you know, if you want a bit more confidentiality and I can arrange that help for you through there. Are you also covering people who need social help in that? if you live on your own and you've got to spend 12 weeks in your house on your own, that's going to be really, really hard from a social interaction perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, and, and we have said this before, it's an unprecedented situation and we are all learning and, and I'm learning as I go with setting up this group. Um, I, I'm part of the UK mutual aid group um, and, I, and I get information from them but for me it's about listening to what the people in our community actually want there's no point me implementing something that's working in Leicester you know or Devon yep. because that's not the same for the folk up here is it um so yeah what I hope is that if people have got a problem we can try and sort it out locally um, and at a low level because some of the some of the more meatier services you know some of the more uh, statutory services they they are absolutely um, 
burnt out already. So yeah. if we can do things at a local level, that's perfect. And the council and the Rosendale Leisure Trust do a sort of spearhead in this, are really, really keen on us using mutual aid, um, helping friends, helping neighbours. And what's really key um, to, to understand and to remember is that actually helping those that are vulnerable is one of the reasons that we are allowed out at the moment. Yeah. Um, on that note, I think it's appropriate to remind people of the viral kindness um, little um, slips that um, you can find. It's really easy. Just Google for, I could give you a really long link. Uh, the council <laughs> sent me a link. It was a link to a thing on a Google Drive with 17 Fs and a 3 in it. Um, no idea. The best thing to do is just type viral kindness into Google and you will very easily find the picture of the slip you just print it out write your details on it and stick it through your neighbor's doors well that was our compilation episode i suppose of the valley virus update i hope you found those listen again feature um things really useful for you uh, we will have a fresh new guest tomorrow um Remember, you can go back and you can listen to all the previous episodes of Valley Virus Update from however you managed to listen to this one. So all that remains to say is I will see you tomorrow. Have a good day. Stay safe. That was the Valley Virus Update brought to you by James Golding and Binary Plus Training. Music, a very Brady special by Kevin McLeod, available from incompetech.com. <laughs>